Hey girls and gays. Hey girls and gays. No, I need a new tune. Then like a catchy one. Go in. Hey girls and gays. Hey girls and gays. Girls and gays. Girls and gays. Welcome back <laughs> to um, another episode of, of Ash Heard. What Ash Heard. I am your host, Mukundwa. And I am your co-host with the most, Nyakwezi. <laughs> with the most what is what we all want to know. Everything. Uniqueness. Um, uh. Ooh. She oh, gagged. I forgot what it is. She gagged. Damn it. Welcome back. Today we are discussing all things bodies. We are looking at how to navigate propaganda around bodies and what we should be versus what we are. We are looking at body positivity versus body neutrality, how style can be a vehicle for self-expression and how we want to take up space in the world. And finally, is it possible to reclaim the word ugly? We argue, actually. We don't discuss that one. <laughs> it's just, it's a heated discussion. A heated discussion. Enjoy guys. Guys and dolls and non-binary and everybody. Girls and gays and non-binary. Everybody in between. So to outline what we're talking about when we say propaganda, it is every single woman's magazine with something about eight minute abs, fast tractor, summer body, um... Summer body is a concept. I think it's South African. I think it is. Summer body, summer body. Summer body. The instru- Zumba instructors scream that at you as you're exercising. <laughs> summer body. They come- this guy hey. came up to my step when I wasn't moving up. Summer body, summer body. Come on. He, he stood on her step was in like, step class while she was standing on it. While I was standing on my step. Do you know how aggressive that is? Do you know how little space there is on that step? No, and there's so much marketing around summer body. <laughs> it's like a joke. But also, it's a joke and a motivator and funny and, and a fun. real pressure, yeah. But weird. It's weird as hell. And I also, just as a side note, I really noticed when South Black or non-white South Africa started to adopt thinness trends. Yeah. It wasn't always like this. No. By the way. No. By the by. Yeah. But hey. So it's it's that. it's. Although I must say, I think with South, like non-white South Africans jumped on the trend when it was when it was taking the curve of fitness, which I think I just thank God for that. So like, it hasn't been skinny. It's about like fit and strong and blah, 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 which is great. Fit and strong, but not muscly necessarily. True. Mm. So that kind of propaganda, um, it's everything we do and see. It's movies where the fat person is the last person to get picked off the bleachers, is the, the butt of the jokes. Um, always wants to be picked and never is, is the best friend, um, is asexual. It's all that stuff. And then at that also, we start to move into territory where we look at people who are neuroatypical or people who are differently abled and how those people, the person in the wheelchair is always, yeah, the best friend and the sweetheart and like good intentions. Mm. And it's just nice. It just wants to be nice. Um, so it all is linked all this propaganda around bodies is linked. Um, and it ultimately stems from two places. One is that capitalism needs you to be productive, right? Um, coming from the industrial era where it was assembly lines for Ford, for all these cars that we love and more. Um, we just needed, or they needed able-bodied people. And so if you weren't able-bodied, there was no space for you um, in society, really. And in many ways now, that's changing, but not so much. Um, and then two is that uh, consumerism. Mm-hmm. To sell more products, uh, go read The Beauty Myth by Naomi Wolf. It is about how beauty, Western, modern beauty trends are not inherent in the ways that 
culturally, historically, we celebrated beauty by getting lip extenders and all sorts of things, plugs in our ears, all mm. sorts of um, of beautification. It is just directly to sell products. It's directly to sell Gillette razors. Directly because um, people were wearing stockings after a certain world war and, um, well, they stopped rather. And so they were like, well, how can we monetize shaved legs? All these things, right? It's all linked. So that's where that comes from. And so I think we should open with that. Um, I think we should just start talking about where's that messaging coming from and how it has affected both of us. Right. So Nyaki, for you, where's your messaging coming from about bodies? Um, so it's coming mainly from, okay, no, it's coming from social media and it's coming from, it came from families and the people around me that either raised me and then, you know, secondary families in school and so on. Um, yeah, that's where I'm getting my input from. And do you feel like your body's under attack? Yes. Ooh. And what about you? Wait, where's yours coming from? Hmm. Okay. In the past, it was mainstream media, um, and social media. And I guess, yeah, family and social. So so everywhere. (laughs) It was from everywhere. But now the messaging, I think it probably still is from everywhere. I'm just much better at, I have context now. Right. I'm older and I can understand. And I've done the work and I can understand where it's all coming from and what it means. Yeah. Okay. And is it under attack? Your body? My body. Probably, yeah, it is under attack. Mm. Um, I don't really think about that much. But it is. I'm I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Mm. But I mean, do you feel attacked? Because that's different. Well, how I see it is there's an attack happening, but I know it's none of my business. Right. So it's like, oh, there's a war outside. Wild. And I just keep baking <laughs> my key lime pie. So, yeah, I, I guess there is an attack. I just, I know where that's coming from and I know where I'm going to. And so they just don't align. Those train tracks, mm. they don't really join anymore. So is the fact that your train tracks don't join, is that how you are combating the propaganda? Like, is that part of it? No, that's the result of all the stuff, all the steps I've taken. Yeah. So should we go through some of the steps we would suggest? Yeah. I've got a whole list. (laughs) Do you want me to go first? Yes, Actually, I've got literally, it's one point that can maybe said in in two ways and then that's it. I think for me, the overarching question the only the first question i would ask myself is how does it make me feel from whichever angle it's coming from whether it's someone's thoughts about my body or things that i consume uh through the media how does it make me feel um because and then i can start looking at what what is what is the end goal through what they're telling me them being whatever the channel the person whatever what is their end goal is it for me is it for them um, and then I can then I can start to interrogate, do I agree with that or not? Does it make me happy? Um, and why does it? Does it make me happy because it's like, oh, I could get there? Is that really that? You know what I mean? So just really just interrogating how I feel when I consume or listen to whatever it is that's being put to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how you feel about it. Yes. How do you, but how are you able to trust yourself? How do you know how you feel about it? Because I'm, well, you know what? I just feel like, the more I keep listening and really paying acute attention to how I feel, the more I'll be able to get to a, a place of truth. So at first it might be a learned reaction, but the more and more, I, if I really pay attention, like, um, earnestly, I think I'll be able to see, it makes me happy, but I actually hate my body in it. So for me, it was like, uh, following all these 
CrossFit girls and they're all strong and wonderful and they're all positive and they're great and they're saying women can be strong and everything and I felt good and I was happy but if I really just sat really really still I actually felt really shit because my body wasn't there and so for me Mm -hmm. the messaging in the end just meant you're looking at things you'll never have or you don't have and you're not good enough now even though they never ever you know what I mean I just had to listen over and over again and I was following all these CrossFit ladies when everyone around me was saying it's like disgusting for women to have muscles and everything and I didn't care I wanted to Mm -hmm. follow you know what I mean so I I just I believe that if we if we follow and we listen to what we feel is true even just for now but we we keep an open heart and mind and everything I think we'll we we have to go in the in the in a true direction for ourselves so it'll always work out interesting I wonder I think I don't agree uh-huh which is really exciting because <laughs> do we ever have no. disagreements I think I disagree because I think in a world where women, femmes specifically, have been taught, well, where everybody has been taught to distrust the intuition and that they don't know what's best and that knowledge doesn't come from inside of you. It comes from the top down and that's often white and male. It is, I think we have to fine tune and polish our intuition and return back to our true north. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't done the work of that, you could never know what you want. So I think you might know what you want because you know what intuition is. You know what it feels like. You've done the work and you've constantly held on to, you You buy into that idea of intuition. Mm. For somebody who doesn't believe in intuition, um, know what it is, have the, the language internally and mm. externally to describe what that is, you, I don't know that you can trust that your thoughts are really yours and that your desires are really yours. I think so much of what we think and believe and want is is transplanted. Do you know people that don't believe in intuition? I've never heard of that. Oh, concept. yes. So what? So how do you live? Huh? Well, first of all, didn't Boris say in that episode um, about dating, he said us following our intuition is naive above, above and beyond. Oh. Following our intuition to know what someone's intentions may be for us is ah. naive. That's what Boris said. I'm saying his name because that's what you said. So, but, 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 so, but then that's, that's assuming, I think that's drawing it a bit too far, assuming he doesn't believe in intuition or. Well, what's the difference? I think it's a, I mean, cause you just can't get the facts on everything. Like not everything has, oh, oh, every situation, every um, iteration of a situation has been worked out. Like you have to fall back on, on something. Do you know, like. You, well, that's, just... what, that's how you feel because that's the circles you're in. That's how you think. Interesting. Not okay. everybody believes in intuition. It seems airy fairy, woo woo. It seems very woman, very wow. witchy. Um, yes, witchy. And I think a lot of us just know that we have to trust empirical data and information. Okay, okay. Um, and we, for some reason, see that as disconnected to intuition when that was the ultimate, that is the OG of knowledge. So, what I'm saying is if you know that you're not an intuitive person, that you either don't believe in it or don't have a very fine tuned intuition, I wouldn't trust, <laughs> don't trust your thoughts to be your own. You need to do the work um, to unlearn and also to find that true north. Because you, yeah, because how how could we not? We've just been downloading data from infancy. All right. So question, what is the work? The work. Okay. For somebody who, yeah, the people I'm describing. Yes. The work is first, I think it helps to understand the nature of the human brain and like parenting and infancy and understand how humans learn 
to, to know that we're just like machines, we're just computers and we download information. Once you know that and understand that, you'll know that what I think and how I feel isn't because I'm unique or because I'm, I have lateral thinking. It's because I'm following patterns that I know to be true from my parents, from media, from everything around me. So there's nothing I think that's unique um, or necessarily from true self. And once you know that, then you start to question what I really think and what I really believe. And I think true knowing, it's interesting. I think for me, most things, there are very few things we know for sure, very few. And the rest, we just flip-flop. Like, how could you ever really know? How could I ever really know that my desire to lose weight is for me and not because of 26 years of internalized fat Mm -hmm. phobia? How could I? Like, how could I? Mm -hmm. It is so impossible. Even now that I'm not dieting, I'm still excited to lose. Like, it's, it is so hard to think outside these thought prisons and cages that overarch our existence. I think it's almost impossible um, because we're inside of them. So I think even as, say, myself and Yakwezi, who we feel we've done the work, I don't believe you ever arrive. I think there's some mm-hmm. things you know for sure, which is like love. We know that. And beyond that, it's confusing. It's mm-hmm. Things are confusing. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have the answers for that. Yeah. But I think it's a continuous work. Because my question is, if I'm truly not fat phobic, why don't I stay, stay fat or get fatter? Why? Because I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to stay fat or get fatter. If it is not an issue, why aren't I indifferent? I, I, I honestly, I think you lost me there. Like going from the so, point that you just made before yeah. about like um, unlearning or how you're fighting the propaganda, like linking yes. it all back to that. Okay. So um, I say as Mukundwa that um, I, I've done the work, I've unlearned all this fat phobia, but I'm still on Noom. I still watch what I eat. I still get excited when I come back from Uganda and I'm a bit thinner. How can I say, oh, no, 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 that's not at all internalized propaganda. That's just me. That's just natural. How could you know? How could you know unless what you think you know is backed by evidence? So if I truly had divested from fat phobia, wouldn't I be okay then being fat? Why am I still excited at losing weight? I feel like that answers it in and of itself. So you, ha- you haven't divested. No, but you're how- done. Okay, but that's, but that's assuming then what if you have divested from a thing, you lean into its opposite. So if I'm okay with being fat, or, or rather, if I'm not fat phobic, then I'll naturally lean towards gaining weight and being fat. That's assuming that that's then. Right, the, right. And I think what I'm trying to say is there's no, you'll ne- there's no proof and you'll never know. And it's further complicated by the fact that we live inside these thought prisons. Right, which is why to me it's imperative to have some kind of compass, some kind of true north. Mm-hmm. For me, it's my intuition because without that, then it really can just be a continuous circle uh, spiraling up or down or wherever because I'll never know and it'll never end. Like there's nothing, there's no nothing to gauge my direction. Mm-hmm. So even with this unlearning and everything, how do you know what you're relearning? Yeah. What you think you're relearning <laughs> is not just some more propaganda. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, and 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 I think through tried and tested, you know, um 
I've tried and tested my emotions, listening to what feels like it's a good thing to do, doing it and and having a, a result that I like or not doing it, not listening and having a result that I didn't like. And that formula works for me. And whether it works because I think that, like whether I've created the world through my thoughts like that and it works or that it's a law of the universe and, and I've plugged into it and it works, mm. doesn't actually matter because it's it's working and I'm enjoying it. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I mean I guess for people that don't believe in intuition, I I I do think though that there is something else that they maybe maybe even for for Boris for example, he might call it logic, but for him even logic is illogical. That's the thing. Like logic Yeah, you've just decided to buy into Exactly. some niggas like frame of thinking. Right, right. And you're like, "No, no, no. This fe-. and because he, the language that he or other people may, may use is different, that no, no, that that sounds right. It actually, it feels right. But you're, but the language you're using is like, no, that makes sense. But actually it feels right. That's, yeah. and, and, it, and it gels and there's nothing in you that, you know, bubbles up and, and feels like it's wrong. So I feel like whether or not you believe in intuition or one believes in intuition, um, I think it shows up in different forms and that there is, there is an innate knowing and whatever mm-hmm. that is, I I feel is what needs to be followed. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you didn't tell us all your, you had like a whole list of a thousand ways to combat propaganda. Yes. I mean, I also think the nature of knowing is not knowing. We just yes. never know. So I think pick a side and move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Decide that, you know, and that this is the rigid form of thinking you want to pick and go with it. Like pick, just pick a flavor. Pick a flavor and move. Yeah. Because if you don't, you get nothing done, which is also okay. That's also a form of living is to do nothing. Um, it's, it's up to you. Uh, because uh, the funny thing is that life never stagnates. It's either, you know, growing or decaying. So if you do so, and when life stands still, then it, it tends to decay. So if, so if for me, <laughs> if I do nothing, that's when I decay. So it's fine. As, even not making a choice um, has consequences. That's what I'm saying. It's not me. Mm. Yeah. So, the idea of doing nothing, I think yeah. rather it's that knowing that you don't know and just going with anything oh. and everything, going with the flow. Yeah, good. Going good. with the flow. Good. So how do we combat body propaganda? My take is number one, curate your social media. Inst- very, very, very important. Very. Instagram and Twitter are your new TV channels. I used to really pride myself and be like, I don't have a TV. I don't watch TV. I don't you know, consume that stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, but I was 10 hours on Instagram. So those are my channels. Every single person you follow is a channel. So just manage who you follow and surround yourself with people who look similar to you um, or rather to what you're trying to aspire for. For me, I'm trying to aspire to look more like me. So that is people of my color um, or darker, not lighter. People with my hair texture or more coarse, um, people with my body type or bigger, not smaller. Question. Yes. Does that apply to, would you recommend that for everyone or just people of color? Depends what your motivation is. If you want to hate yourself, then definitely follow people who don't look like you and who are what mainstream society thinks is beautiful. No, you said surround yourself. You don't mean like your physical. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, your you socials. Follow. Oh, okay, okay. That's fine. Then I get it. Your socials. Remember, yeah. Um, and then stop engaging in self-deprecating chat for social connection. So yeah. I was at the gym today, I was, I was at CrossFit and a woman took off her top and then someone who is the same size, probably a, a US size eight, UK size 10 was like, oh my gosh, I miss the days where I could have done that. I should have taken advantage when I was your age. And then everyone, the women started to throw back and forth like, no, I'm fatter, I'm fatter, I'm fatter. And I was just watching <laughs> them like, watching? damn, yeah. Like, okay, Y'all want to do that? Yes. Now I was, I'm objectively bigger by at least five sizes, all of them. 
And one of them kind of looked at me as if I was going to like catch the ball. You know that energy dance? So you catch the, the energy. And, and I just looked at it. I was like, no, 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 no. Like that's not for me. And I think sometimes we have to catch ourselves when we use, there are lots of ways that are normalized how we engage with people. Um, talking to strangers about negative things, complaining about the weather, complaining about this is a way to socially engage and to say, I want to chat. Another way is for women to put down themselves. That's a way we connect. So just be mindful and stop. Good point. And then this is a big one for me. Watch documentaries on the body and the functions of the body. Read literature about how badass the body is and just the kinds of things it does on a momentary basis for you. Because I think when we learn about the complexities of the body, mm-hmm. we start to understand and frame it as it's actually, um, it really is a vehicle for my experience on planet Earth. This is the vessel I'm in. It's the home I'm in for this tour, this experiential tour and it does a lot it does a lot and when you realize just how many reactions and things it has to synthesize to have you with perfect eyesight or good eyesight limbs that function reactions processing food you start to realize that i think you just start to think how could i hate this vehicle that is so Mm -hmm. kind to or that is on my team that really is on my team and the biggest and my biggest fan now I have to caveat that because if you have chronic illness, if you are differently abled, um I think I'm I have none of those things or I don't occupy any of those experiences, so I can't really say that's what I would recommend because I just I mean that is, but I don't know, right? I don't know. And the last time I tried to, I tried to do a hot take about everyone should love their bodies and it fell flat because everyone was like, "Mm, like no, when was this? On on Instagram, people were like, mm, no. tepid. That was a weak take. So I was like, okay, cool. That's true. Like, maybe I should speak about my intersection and not yeah. be like, you're in a wheelchair? That's cool. Like, you should love your butt. I don't know. You need to, you know, find communities who are at the same intersection, mm-hmm. who navigate in the way you like. I can't really speak to that. But what I would say, though, is that comparatively... If you've got something that's not functioning, you've probably still got hundreds and thousands of things that are. Um, If you don't have eyesight, you have a lot of other things if you're able-bodied in other ways. And so I just think there's still stuff to be grateful for um, or or to appreciate about your body because even at its worst, it's doing a lot until it Mm -hmm. dies, until it gives up on you. Then it's like, listen, bitch, we've had enough. Yeah, yeah. Which I want to talk to you about, by the way, just Mm. as like, you have like a persistent chest infection mm. and like waking up every day, not really knowing if your body's going to like be on your side that day or not. How, what is, is that how you see it? And like, has that changed your relationship to your body? Wow. Oh my gosh. Kuna, you made it so deep. Yeah, no. So I'm Gemini butterfly brain. Like I wake up every day, like I'm seven. Okay. So it resets <laughs> your memory resets every morning. Resets. No. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, since you know you found the reflexologist that I go to, and um, I also found another homeo- homeopath, um, and I'm working with both of them to heal the emotional and the energetic causes behind uh, my chest infection um, and my allergies, and you know what they mean about my existence on Earth. So allergies mean that I feel unsafe in the world. Um, and you know, the chest infection, the things that are on my chest, like working through my issues and things like that, like being clogged up, not being able to breathe relation to diaphragm, which is, you know, all of those insecurities and stuff. So 
because I'm doing the work, um, I, oh, and I'm also chanting, you know, which is, yeah. So put calling on my higher self to like, to reveal my higher self, which is complete health. Um, and because I'm doing all of that work, like I fully expect that the day will come when I wake up without a blocked nose. Today is a particularly good day. Like one, one nose is like completely clear. One nostril is clear, mm. um, it, which is just amazing. So I'm elated. But so anyway, um, I just know, I expect it's going to happen. Uh, and so I don't actually think, so there was a low point where I did think, you know, like, why is my body fighting against me? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, that was, I kind of figured out why I was feeling low in those moments. Um, and then everything kind of, you know, snowballed. But otherwise, now that I am taking steps, I feel encouraged. And I know it, I know that, uh, you know, a brighter day is coming and I'm so excited for that. Mm. Um, I also do think, so for example, it impedes my ability to do my work when my nose is fully blocked. Um, my work as a voiceover artist, cause then I sound nasal and sexy in other ways. So, you know, it's just, it's clear to me that I have to find other ways of income that don't rely on me to be in a specific condition in order for it to work. So, mm. You know, so mm -hmm. that that's another gift that I've decided that this is as well. Um, I hear that. I've also, I think I've met like the reflexologist is such an incredible person. And I don't know if I would have looked out for her if it wasn't for this. Yeah. You know, as well, actually, as well as the homeopath, like they're just beautiful people that, so yeah, there's just so many different angles of blessings that I mean, and I learned about um, this Buddhism through, like there are just so many side angles of blessings or of nice things that have happened that, um, yeah, I don't just, yeah, it hasn't brought me yeah. down. Also, my natural disposition is like happy or leans towards happy. So I think that's why it's, it's easy for me to, when things are going well, to forget completely about that. And I think because what it sounds like, I relate to you in that you have a lot of spiritual underpinning to um, what you do. Yeah. Or, or, and sorry, to what you experience. Yeah. And so it's not by chance that you might have this infection. Oh, yeah. There's a reason and that excites you to yeah. work through your karmic load, essentially. And can I put a caveat on that? Like through all of that, I, again, like what Mukundra said, all of these things that I'm facing, I feel are completely manageable and workable. So again, it's not like prescribing for someone that... Um, has as Mukundra said like chronic illnesses or their bodies are they abled or things like that like I'm absolutely not prescribing anything for anyone but I happen to be in a system that I feel like is totally workable body neutrality is going to link to this when we talk uh. about that where I just think because again the um, nature of knowing is not knowing just choose what makes sense and makes life livable right. I would not be able to live if I didn't ascribe a spiritual meaning to everything that happens to me. And I didn't see the silver lining in everything, even in abuse. And that look what that gave me. Yeah. If I just saw it as neutral that, you know, there's no reason this happened. Um, it, ju it just happened because life happens and that's that. I personally wouldn't cope. Yeah. So find a frame of mind and a frame of reference um, that underpins your thoughts that helps you cope and just like roll with that. Mm. But if you're unhappy, like mostly, then your frame of mind might not be working for you. And, isn't that, for me, that's such an exciting thought that your, fr just that phrase, your frame of mind might not be working for you, meaning it's something that you can actually interrogate, meaning you can have a different frame of mind and release yourself. That's exciting. The, like that's, that's hella empowering. Like you are not, you don't have to be 
you know you don't have to stay there you don't have to stay where you because are because that's integrity staying how you think no like take no. up a religion there's no take such thing take up a religion as, there's actually no such thing as that's the way I am that's just who I am there is no such thing I think especially given what you said at the beginning Mukundra that that um, who you are is like a, a, a conglomeration of learned behaviors from the parents the people around you that were you know raising you as a little thing like very little is unique until you start interrogating it yeah so just like just decide Decide. Just pick a side. Yeah. And I will hop from spirituality to spirituality, religion to religion. So Whatever fast. makes me feel good about this existence so gives fast. me meaning and purpose. Because if I twiddle my thumbs for too long, I'll go mad. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to do that. Next. Amen. Back to how we combat body propaganda. Back to understanding that your body is the home that you have on this life tour. Is... I divide it into three things, functional, pleasure, and decorative. My body's functional. One, my body's there for pleasure. I have the clit and I have my, do we, ha- do women have, do we have a G-spot? Anyway, I have my we anus. We do, we have two G-spots. That will be activated very soon. Really where? The one is inside the, I don't actually know the, the parts of the woman's vagina. Oh, we have two G-spots in the vagina. We have one, isn't the clit no. a G-spot? No, 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 no. Clit is, um, G-spot is a specific I'm so sure they're two G-spots. No, 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 okay, so they're they're, they're two points of arousal, but not G-spots. There's a G-spot right inside the vagina. Yeah, that's that's the G-spot. The clitoris is just a clitoris. I think there's one that's much deeper, like right at the back. Because you just because you like getting your cervix rammed to oblivion doesn't mean you, is this so is, I know is this your science queen is this your queen you guys well here we go so um and then third thing is decorative so if you start thinking of your body this way uh, I think you just have more fun with it functional what are the nutrients it needs and what is the rent I have to pay for being in this body good food or nutrients and um, physical activity. Full stop. It's just rent. You have to do it. Go ahead. I love the, that concept. Rent. It's just rent. It. rent. It's love just it. rent, man. Pay. It's not about how you feel. It's rent. It's like, rent. And we've got to stop prioritizing our animal brains. Mm. You animals. Do you know what I mean by animal Donkeys. brains? Donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so pleasure as well. This machine has a lot of places I can rub and touch and have a good time. Yeah. Let me invest in that. And then decorative, my body is just a hanger. I got a free canvas. Like, you were handed this canvas for free. How can you have fun with it? How can you modify it, put stuff on it, cut things, twist things, expand things, get surgery, you know, put on, get tattoos, have fun, wear colorful clothing, treat your body. I treat my, when it comes to decorative now, I think, what is, what's the kind of art I like? What's visually appealing? Do I like yellows? I like blues. How can I be a walking canvas so that I'm not only visually pleased when I go to galleries or when I come home and I see a painting, but I'm visually, I am visual pleasure itself. Mm. How can I extend, um, for yourself? Yes. How can I extend my pleasure to every day all the time? Mm. Uh, because I have this skin suit, I have this hanger and something has to go on it. It's either bin bags or like Picasso. And I choose Picasso. Oh, bin bag trousers are a thing, by the way. Eh? I know. We, you youths. We in the fashion circles know. Is this what you're doing now? With my money? <laughs> eh? That's amazing. That was really good, Mokondra. Very good. Very I've been listening good. to a lot of podcasts where people um, imitate them. <laughs> those guys, those people. You're so rude. So serve all those needs. Functional, pleasure, decorative. And I'm really not about 
this idea of relinquishing desires, which is what some forms of Buddhism talk about. And I think even, is it Catholicism? There's some religions anyhow, and some just ways of being. (laughs) And I just think, no, I'm interested in either leaning into the desires I have now or just transmuting them, shifting them so that they work for me. So the truth is I'll always want to be desirable. I'll always want to know that I'm sexy. I've got it. I'm wanted. That's a desire. I'm not going to try quash because it'll take me another 27 years. And I don't have time for that. Rather... Instead of changing this huge desire that I was, I think, is innate, wanting to be wanted and that also being sexual, how can I just change it so that I'm the subject and the object of my own desire? How can I be sexy to me? Because that's something I can fulfill. That's something I can know objectively. So now just making sure I think I'm hot. Um, Oh, I think I'm beautiful. I think I'm intriguing. And then also framing thinking about desire differently. So instead of it being beautiful and pretty, it's... Are you intriguing? Are you fascinating? Would you turn your own head? Um, Do you just look delicious? Do you look interesting? Do you look thought provoking? Like how can you just be a walking, a walking like blessing visually? How can you interest yourself? I'm really a big fan of that. And I'm going to think I will link um, a lot of accounts that dress like this or accounts of people, mostly women, um, and there are some non-binary people oh my God. that have just fun. And they think, you know, I've got these limbs. It is pretty, if you think about how we're structured, it's odd, hey? Mm. We're like tree stubs, but then we've got these four things pointing out at each end. Two things. How can we just dress these and have fun with these odd limbs and this odd ass body? That bends in really weird ways. It is weird. We really are aliens. Like, let's just enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you. I'm so excited about all the people we're going to link. Well, let's move on into talking about style as personal revolution. Right. And as a vehicle for how we want to show up in the world for ourselves. Right. And I want to start with you because you dress like a unicorn, freelance witch, runway. Freelance witch. You dress like a, yeah, like an art teacher, but that has like runway shows. That's quirky. That also knows tarot. That is the biggest compliment you've ever fucking given me. I'm actually, I'm on it. I'm crying. She's in tears. You dress like a witch. So let's discuss that because I think that was always you, but there was also a period where you weren't as, you weren't the full extent of you. No, I was not a fully formed witch. So tell us about that period, that love. Oh my God. So look, as a kitty, as the smaller, smallest thing, I would only ever wear my favorite clothes uh, all the time. To the point where I think my mom hid my favorite clothes. So you'd wear your wedding dresses every oh, yes. day? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a picture kids of me do. riding a bike in my in full, big ass wedding dress. In a wedding. Do you know kids do that, hey? They do. Kids really are like, well, <laughs> why not wear Honestly. my wedding dress every day? Every day. I saw a little kid wearing a tiara and a cape the other day. And I was so <laughs> mad that they didn't have those in adult sizes. And that's when I decided, that's it. I'm creating an adult range. <laughs> So wait, this kid was like, I could be Batman and Cinderella. Let me just be both. Yeah. Let me not wait. No. Why? For who? Who gonna come save me? That energy. I know. I know. I love it. I love it. And then like, then I went into my, my tween years where mm-hmm. I was very tomboyish and that was a very much breasts, hide them, mm. you know, bum, hide it. 
And all my friends, I think, were boys and I just really wanted to look like them. And mm. I was so envious of the girls that didn't have boobies yet because they could run with their tops off at school and, you know, they could just be naked and run around. And, oh, yeah. So I hid everything for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, in uni, I had one rule and there was nothing must match. Like, that was my way of coming back to myself. And it was the best. <laughs> it was the best. Like, so it was leopard print on pinstripe suit, which is polka dot uh-huh. on velvet. Correct. And, then, and earrings then must be lime green because everything else is like red and yellow and purple. Like nothing. I and I remember my friends, <laughs> like they would know that if they were to give me something or to offer something or whatever, it they must look at what I'm wearing. And if it clashes, then they can give it to me. I love that. It was so, so good. So, so good. I still had my, like, I'd hide certain body parts and everything. Wow. So I you looked like that. a spiritual drug dealer. I, I honestly, I did. And I had the dreadlocks and I was just, oh, it was so good. And I would, because I couldn't find, like, things that I liked. So I would make, I would either, like, tear off the sleeves of my shirts or cut my pants short, put holes in things. Um, I, You know, I'd knit scarves with irregular stripes because all the scarves everywhere had reg- like stripes That's of the amazing. same, you know, measurement. So I made things as odd as I could. And this was me and my friend Nava, thick as thieves. That's what we did. If you find any pictures of us in that age, that like so we nice. look wild. What is, so but what different. does that feel like? That knowledge of, so you're placed in a world, a current society where that we had really specific trends, like yeah. low rise jeans and blah, 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 yeah. all very specific looks across the years. Yeah. And yours was always yours. Yeah. Whereas um, a lot of us either have that, your sense of um, set dress sense, or we just follow the trend. Yeah. So how did it feel to n- always like know what you liked and who you were, despite everyone around you just following? Yeah. It, that, that's not, do you know, I'm just, again, I just think it's like, I was just lucky that that just innately, I looked at it and I thought, that's so boring. Mm. And there was no pressure. Luckily, in all my my schooling years and everything, I would look at the years above me and below me and I would see how peer pressure was such a big thing and, and people were very cool and everything. But like my year was the only year where all the oddballs were cool and we all sat together and we had fun. And so I think I've always just been surrounded and with people that are odd and weird. Mm-hmm. And and so I didn't, those pressures, it was actually uncool to to read magazines and to follow trends. It was like, but what, but but mm. what are you doing? Like wh- those hi- those jeans are just not comfortable. Like they're squeezing your coochie. Stop it. So yeah, so I was very lucky in that sense. Okay. Um, I did dip out of it. Like when I was in my early twenties, and I was I was now trying to be professional. I lost my way, and then now, thank God, in my thirties, I've come back. Oh, and now, like it's all honestly, it's like just all about. The the best is like when I wear the stuff I've made, that's when I like do not n- notice my body. And it's all about exactly what you're saying. Like I'm just a hanger for the stuff I've made. Yeah. Whether it's nice or not. Like I, you know, my jacket is so, it's not, it, the, the zip doesn't line up, you know, the thread sticking out, but I made it. It's yeah. a two-tone velvet like jacket and I love it. Yeah. And I think that, I love that because it's about ending this idea of looking at style as utilitarian. I think growing up, <laughs> So I was left with my dad and he was very utilitarian. Like, why would you need braids? Like, just yeah. cut your hair off. Or why would you need... Another pair of jeans. You already yeah, have one. You have one pair of jeans. You have what, one jean, one two dress. tops, <laughs> one, what, dress? one dress, one shoe. What more? Like, he just couldn't understand because he had a kind of a uniform. He has shirts older than me. Like, he still has those. <laughs> and... 
I started to think of style as utilitarian as I just can't go out naked, so let me throw something on. And so I'd wear those, you know, those big MTN shirts you get from promos. Yeah. Or like my mom, because she worked in international bodies, it was always just like, fight AIDS now! Or these like UNICEF <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. UNAIDS t-shirts that were big and baggy. And that was served me at the time because that was also the... At that time, when I was 12, 13, I was becoming very cognizant, um, like really consciously of men, specifically black men being being me being prey to them men who mm. if you looked like my dad if you were that age and i didn't know you there's a high chance you'll harass me on the streets uh you're unsafe you make me feel uncomfortable you make me see, you make me feel seen sexually and i'm 12 mm. and i acknowledge that so i just wore a lot of baggy stuff to just not be seen to move in the world mm. not being objectified and to try be safe and I think a lot of women and femmes, I think we navigate the world trying not to be harassed, trying to be safe, trying not to be, to have our power taken from us and to be consumed when it's not on our terms. Yeah. Um, we all want to feel desirable and attractive, but not on someone else's terms when That's they're harassing right. us. That's right. And so we we can dress to safeguard from that. And also, I just don't think we've been taught that we, we should and it's okay to take up space. Um, and so we don't dress very loud. Um, we're not dressing loudly. Most people aren't. I would say even men. Like it's our clothing. Western clothing is just really not loud. That's actually accurate. Western clothing. Western clothing. Because if I think of the fabric that we make dresses out of back home, like it's, it's all so loud. It's wild. Like, it's br- and that's what you wear. That's just the skirt. It's just the dress. Literally, it's like bright pink with yellow and neon green. Yeah. Very very loud clothing. So I just think while fashion can seem like a really mundane and like vapid discussion, but I think we should all consider in what ways, in what ways is how I'm dressing symbolic of how I'm trying to show up or trying to not show up. I'm trying to, am I trying to fade into the background? That is okay. That's a choice. But what is it symptomatic of? Is it symptomatic of something? Do you feel small? Do you want to be, do you want to be unseen? Are you embarrassed for taking up space? So like for you now, like what is, what is that for you? Do you, how do you dress now? What does it mean? So I've changed my style very recently. I used to be pretty like monochrome. I used to think they were functional things like socks, um, bras and panties. panties where you want them black because stains, you don't see any stains. And I don't know what hit me. Me. You. You and I think also definitely flex mommy. Like seeing... I have to say I came a couple years before Flex Mummy. (laughs) You did. No, it wasn't you. It fucking was. Oh, was it? When you came from England, you actually only owned black and and I think white. You actually had zero color in your wardrobe. Mm. It was... I remember remember being... Oh, maybe blue jeans? I don't even remember jeans. That's wild. But I remember actually actively just being disgusted like physically nauseous yeah because all you were was but i didn't understand and you had maybe gray when you were feeling spicy tones yeah um yeah and you know i would just very gently very gently be encouraging you Mm. and then i think it began with like a yellow pant like it was very very sudden very big all of a sudden or like even the like you would wear you would you had one or two, two floral tops and i really feel like they were heavily vetted that is so funny. Yeah, no, I can't, I definitely can't discount that impact. I think it's not, con- I, I don't conscious, because it was so consistent. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just not conscious of it. Mm. But yeah, definitely. Even like your workout clothes were loud and all mine are black. And I'm like, Nyak, you're wearing yellow pants. Like your bigness is showing. 
And I was like, yeah, because I'm big or because I'm X. My hips are showing because I have hips. And for me, it was like, I have to wear these bright, colorful clothes because I love where I'm going. I'm going to go have fun. It's a, like, it's a oh, party. Oh, that's so true. And that's for me, yeah. um, exercising was the gulag as uh, well. Like, it's again, my body being seen, people looking at it, telling me what to do. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so uncomfortable. Mm. So with Flex Mommy, it was the first, I'd just never seen someone of like average size where like you're intentionally wearing baggy stuff you look even bigger like you look two sizes bigger and you love it and you're confident and you're happy and you look at your body as an accessory an an extension of Mm -hmm. like your taste and fun not as to be consumed like you're putting on blush all the way up to your forehead like what are you what like men on the timeline don't find the sexy like they hate overalls Mm -hmm. they hate that and you love it and that was really blew my mind because I'd actually just never seen someone black, um, big titties with a body, just not high, not being ashamed of that. Yeah. So that's where it changed. And I thought wow. now, you know, why not have fun? Like the worst that can happen is I look my size or bigger. And what's so bad about that? Because I am my size mm. and I could be bigger. And what's wrong with being big if I were? Like what's, who's dying? Mm. Who is dying? And so that was a change for me. That's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Really awesome. Oh really my God, awesome. I'm Thanks so excited. Yeah. And I just think also, <laughs> you might find this macabre, Nyak, but I just think with style, we're all going to die so soon. And if you're in South Africa, you may just get killed sooner than you know. And so you might as well spend the last few days just enjoying your style. Like, why not have fun? You're going to die anyway or get killed. Like, enjoy. Enjoy this body. Enjoy this time. Be a walking piece of art. This is such a feel-good death shit. Like, oh my God. I really believe that. And I just think... I want to be wearing clothes I'm comfortable getting married in or being buried in. And truly, when you see me in my leopard print wedding dress, overall, oh my god, I would, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Do you know? I've just had an epiphany. You're going to wear a leopard print. Yep. Nyak's also having a wedding to herself. Oh, yeah, everyone's invited. Do you want to describe what's happening? Yeah, so I'm getting married to myself. Yeah. Everyone's invited, and the wedding will be a ceremony where everyone watches me do all my favorite things. Everyone watches Nyak do crafts. <laughs> they watch her juggle, they watch her sing, they watch her make clothes, they watch her do burpees. We just watch her do a talent show and that's the ceremony. And then we have great food. All my favorite foods here. We're going to eat matoke, groundnut sauce. Gluten-free. And yeah, there'll be some gluten-free treats. No meat. And then we go home. And some millies. Have to have some What kind of wedding? It'll be good. And my my best friend's going to DJ. Bonolo's going to DJ for, you know, as much as she wants. Imagine I'm sick. (laughs) No, I love it. We're all ready. We're ready. I said what I said. Community is ready. (laughs) Let's discuss body positivity versus body neutrality. Because I think everything we've been talking about leans into, should I love my body actively or should I just respect it and like, yeah, like give it props? First of all, I would like to know what is the difference? Okay. So body positivity is working actively towards um, loving your body and appearance. Um, So it's an active love um always rehashed and like reaffirmed body neutrality is working towards just respecting your body not giving too much energy on either hating it or loving it just in the middle respecting it saying this is my flesh suit i can't transform my consciousness so it is what it is 
let me pay the rent and keep it pushing. Mm. So one is very passive. Passive. Mm. One is very neutral. Yeah. So where do you think you fall at the moment? So, like, I just heard the term body neutrality very recently, um, and it really appealed to me because I thought it just felt like I could exhale, like I could just relax. Um, and I think to me that's very indicative of the the definitions that you've just read out there. So while it's great to, like, um, be positive about one's body and always be pushing that agenda, like, it's still so body-focused, though. Like, and mm. it's still – and it also puts then the emphasis on, again, for me, is beauty in one way or another. So – if I was just in my like baggy shit going to spa, it's not body positivity, but it would be if I'm in my glittery pants with my belly showing and, and, you know, going to spa, then it's body positivity. Like it's almost like celebrating what should be false. So in a sense mm. saying that these are false, but I'm loving them anyway, when actually they're not. Okay. So I think that's why I'm, I'm yeah. In the camp of body neutrality more and more. Love the body positivity move, but I just felt like a bit of pressure. That makes sense. That's interesting. And even um, my friend Kadisha was saying yeah. that even in body positivity, this it's still about a hip to waist ratio. Like it's still about body positive if you have, but not if you're shaped, not if you're kind of if you're like very very lean or something. Very very lean or or, or no, actually, if you if you don't have the hourglass figure then oh. that's not really celebrated as body positive plus size um, as frequently by like brands. Yeah. So your stomach just has to go in. And then now that, that that's an acceptable plus size. Like you have to have some ratio going. It can't be any other shape. And that's like an issue too. Mm. And I think the way, as you were talking, I was realizing body positivity is constantly like excusing, defending yourself, being like, you know, I love my stretch marks. There's nothing yes. wrong about them. Like, you should love yours too. Posting pictures of yourself like constantly um like just so much attention to what you're told not to like and even though it's in a positive direction the focus is still drawing so much energy to things that shouldn't matter at all so if they truly don't matter why don't we just stop speaking about them or why don't we just stop why is that the focus still then 100 percent. and there's such 100 percent. there's so much power in posting your belly being like i'm in the bahamas love it over saying like, yeah, my belly's out and I know people are going to hate, but I love my body and this is this is my vehicle and I just want to share that. That is actually less affirming to me. Mm. Um, constantly excusing mm. and defending. Or rather, it's not even less. It's just that when you post and go, it's so much more. When you just show up, you don't have to say anything. Yeah. If you just show up, and that's why I love okay. what Flex is, she just shows up. I was going to say. I'm not wearing a bra. And yeah. She doesn't say anything. I'm like, fuck, just, she just post her titties. Post her whatever and it's like, look how cute I look. I love Milan. I'm having fun. Uh, and goes. Mm. Just post and goes. That needs to be a new move, eh? Just post and go, man. Do you know what I call... I mean, for me, I've always called that white boy energy. Like, they actually <laughs> don't give a fuck about your sensibilities. They just... Like, they. this is they, this is where they belong. Then nothing should question it. Like, that energy, I literally 100% am tapping into that. Do you know? Yeah. If we yeah, that's just so harnessing true. that energy of just showing up as yourself. Yeah. That's moves it's so interesting. Well, like another, uh, I mean, another person that I follow on social media who actually is a body positivity advocate posted something else where they had stretch marks and it was to, you know, it was the longest draw. caption and ever. It, and, it, but it, and it was great. Like it was, com I love her. I love her. But it, it was combative. And I just thought, and I do wonder, doesn't she 
ever get tired. Yeah, like, isn't it tiring? Because then you still feel insecure, actually. That's true. You do still feel insecure. If you're saying all that, you do still feel insecure. Yeah. Um, oh my god, that is that okay? That homework. Ah, everybody, everybody, post your titty stretch marks <laughs> today. Okay, I was gonna say for the next week, don't make any excuses about how so you show dead. up. But you know, you can also post your titty stretch marks. It's just so powerful. It's saying that this is okay. It's so. It is just beyond powerful. It's beyond, and it's not that this is okay. That it is. It this is. is. Like it no, is. nobody ever says no. That rock is okay. I, no, the rock, it is. The rock is. The tree is. The tree isn't okay. Oh my gosh. No, it is, bruh. Obsessed. So are your stretch marks. I love that. Mm. Well, that's why I am with that. I don't really know which one I... I'm not a fan of being neutral about anything. So, because I'm extreme, I think you can love your body and still be body neutral. But that's not what I've seen online. So I love my body. I think I'm body pause. But the way I navigate that is just different. Um, I'm definitely not body neutral. So it's not enough to combat the the, the noise for me. I have to to take an active... Like, I have to be really active and strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, what stands out for me is that is that with all of these um, with all of these descriptions and definitions and labels, like mm. it's just so important to know what elements work for you and then call it whatever you want, but know what it means for you and then work that. Like when you just said now that body neutrality, like people don't, it doesn't sound like they love their body. For me, that's a shocker. Like, obviously I love my body, um, but that I don't, but it's not about my body, but I love my body. So, mm. so I just need to find my language or find my vibe and work that period. Yeah. Is that what I said? You're crazy. Did I say people who are body neutral don't love their bodies? Yeah. <laughs> that, it, that it's not this about bird. loving their bodies. Oh, that it's, I don't think spec- I s- yeah. said, didn't I say body pause, body neutrality, that I'm sure you can be neutral and love your body, but that's not what I've seen online. Like, that's not what. Oh, so I just took the implication. Yeah. Okay. So what's then, the point in speaking if you what? So what? <laughs> what I said with my mouth, you decided to go and take and remix. You said that you you're sure that they can be body neutral and love their body because you haven't seen the two together. <laughs> Meaning you've seen body neutral and not loving body, or you've seen loving body and yeah. not body neutral. I'm dead. This Accurate. Child. Beat me. <laughs> On the poll of body posi versus body neutral, 67% of people said body neutral, which was honestly surprising. I really thought... Yet again, Mukunda thinks the audience is lying. No, 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 not this time. The audience lies on a lot of things, but not on this. <laughs> I was surprised that like femmes and women and non-binary folks were like neutral. But what about if, what? like me, they've read the poll and gone, oh yeah, that makes, and now they I think decided. they did. I think they did. But that just shows... It's such a small microcosm, first of all, the, you know, the amount of people who voted, but we're kind of fed up of the constantly consuming body, body, body. Like it's, you know, make peace, make peace. It's okay. It's nice. Come on. Like, love it, love it. And I think we're moving as the millennial society into being like, no, I've got a body. There are more important things I want to discuss and think about. Right. And I don't know if the, the, the body pause um, movement is like moving in that direction, but there'll always be new meat who need like the extremity of body positivity. Definitely. Look, it helped me tons. I, yeah. I don't think I'll never knock it for that. Like it really helped me tons. Accurate. So the final thing we're going to discuss is self-reflected image. So... I was interested in which image people prioritized. The image in their head, the image on reflected back on phones from photographs or the mirror. So, Nyak, which one do you prioritize and why? 
the image in my head is Bay because, you know, she will be whatever I need her to be. Um, the one that I hate the most is on a phone because there's just so many like limits to it. Like there's so many, I have to get the right angle. I have to get this or that. I feel like it's really, it really is hard to maintain the image in my head when I have the image on my phone in the mirror. Somehow I can still tell myself whatever I want. It's still really easy to look at myself in the mirror and you know, it's, it's what I want to see for the most part. Um, yeah, but, but a, but in my head is the best. And actually I feel like my ideal self would, would not look at myself in the mirror before going out. Like I would literally put on exactly what I wanted to go out in and go out. Yeah. Like at the, at the moment is, is still a small impediment. Do you reckon I, you, it feels like you look at yourself so much. I do. <laughs> I do. It's not, but it's like maybe 80% or 75% positive. And the other 25%, okay. I still have to combat some of it. Okay. <laughs> I know Mukunda doesn't. <laughs> I'm just on the floor. Mukunda doesn't know where her mirror is. I yeah. don't have a mirror. No. But, you know, I love looking at myself because yeah. it's it's all, it's mostly a positive experience. Yeah. I think, n- and for me, now that I, I'm really loving how I look, um, I want to look at myself because I really just think, I just love how I look. Mm. I love how I dress and I love my body. But if I wasn't in that space, and I, which I haven't been before, I just didn't look. And that mm. felt good too. That helped me really heal my identity was to not look at what's being reflected. That's right. Because that's also distortion. Like, I'm not going to trust this glass yeah. that you just made and gave me. Like, excuse me, yeah. who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Where are your credentials? <laughs> and these mirrors in different stores as well be making you look so different. And it's just <laughs> very, very true. And so if anything, I want to get one of those mirrors that makes me look like an alien the one that like makes you look yes long and a big head that's, Ooh, I think that's the one that's I, one we should get either that one or the one that makes you look really like short and wide, wide. so when you smile you look happy I'm bro. so dead <laughs> you look like you're 50, 90 yeah or it comes with filters already so like you can put on the fox or the you know oh those filters and it's funny because I was once I think all of us either feel we are more photogenic or look better in real person Photogenic, I don't real understand. Real person? Really. Did I say real person? You said a real person. person. Um, so I think all of us feel like we either look better on like photogenically or in real life. Um, and I thought, I realized I look better in real life, but that's, that used to be a real L for me. Cause I was like, well, we all live online now. So it doesn't matter how I look in real life. Shit. The performance is online. I need to look good online. Wonder, that's so depressing. Yeah. That's really been the biggest concern of my life was one day, like, I'll just be at pick and pay and God will spin me around and be like, by the way, you're objectively ugly. (laughs) I just collapse. God would never do that. But no, but I was always like, what's the truth though? (laughs) Like, what is it? Just someone tell me like, what am I hot? Like, what is it? Am I ugly? Like, I need to know now. I need to know. So I know what's going on. But now I just realized that's not how that works. Mm. Um, There's so much internalized anti-blackness. Everyone's actually, if you really look at, the longer you look at your face in the mirror, you realize how weird it is. Like these two eyes, your big ass forehead, your big ass nose. It's all so, faces and bodies are so weird. We're all aliens. And that's what makes us all so beautiful. Oh, And okay. honestly, beautiful or ugly, I think we're all both. Yeah, Nyak, Nyak, can't, Nyak is bursting to laugh and scream and send to her Gemini self. So go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just glad we arrive at the same thing. In we take very different roads. Yeah, we're all so 
if I really take long to look at anyone, we're all so weird looking and so beautiful because we're all weird looking. No one. If you really look at these runway models, if you look at Gigi Hadid long enough, it's sh it's shocking. All Everyone's features just start to melt into the side of their face. Everyone looks crazy. Everyone looks crazy. Well, Kendra, I think maybe you're unraveling. No, I'm not. And so um, I think another important thing is I love women who also identify as ugly and That's just kind of move with that. Yeah. So I don't actually say a name in case I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's... No, I, no, okay, no, I'm not wrong. She's a public figure and that's her brand. So she either, huh. she, um, gosh, I have to remember her name. She runs the freedom of women who I know, older women in my life who have not been interested in being beautiful and are actually okay with being considered ugly is incredible. There's so much. Like those women are so wise, so mm. fun, so interesting when they just don't really, that's not the concern. Mm. Being beautiful isn't the concern adorning themselves and having fun with what they wear and what they look like is the focus right um that's exciting do you know what's uh, the, and that's neutrality girl you thinking you're is you no, thinking you're beautiful that's not neutrality it is neutrality because they're going for ugly instead of beauty they're not going for ugly they know they are ugly because that's, you know the difference is can i tell you the difference tell is? me the difference and we'll fight come there is somebody there are people that in our frame of reference are bad looking Mm -hmm. And a lot of people around the world would share that same frame of reference because of um, how we look, how we are programmed to look at symmetry and also just like the closer to whiteness, the better. If the world treats you as ugly because you're just considered ugly by your social context, there's so much power in being like, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's how my face is set up. But that's really not the point of anything I do and anything I am. Or that's not interesting either. This is just the paradigm we're in. I'm considered ugly at this time and that's cool. Or, or that's or that's not my business. Okay. Do you not think that's powerful for people who are considered ugly by most people to be like, I'm considered ugly? What you're treated as is, is often what you, is, is how you navigate. We can't like escape that. I see, I see what you're saying. I think for me, it's around like the emotion or the, the energy that it's charged with. There you go. Cause you consider ugliness bad. But the, and the, the thing is that when, when someone says, I'm not going to be beautiful, I'm going to be the opposite of like, I'm going to be ugly as opposed to I am what I am. And, and this is how I, you know what I mean? So I think that w what they're saying is the same as what I want to achieve by just being who I am. But I don't need to go to, for me, it's going to the other end of the spectrum almost like to, to make a point or to fight against and it's still polarizing for even for themselves. So what happens when they are then, when the world flips and decides, no, what you've got is actually desirable. Now, yes, we want big bums. And like, what do you do then? Like now you're appealing. So if it's always about fighting against, like I just feel that that it's it can get lost very But you're easily. also fighting against because there's no objectively beautiful, but you've decided you're like, no, I'm beautiful. How would you know that? And why would you think that? Why not just be but that's it. And but my be my being is... Well. So I'm taking it from nature, for example. I okay. believe that nothing is is ugly. So for me, what ugly would be is... Is Donald Trump beautiful? Uh, he's not He's not, He's not. not a natural phenomenon. Um, so what should he say to himself? Where's more power? Him, him being like, beautiful, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful in the mirror every morning? <laughs> or being like, I'm ugly. And like, so what? Like, did anyone die? No. But yes, I, I it's understand. It's like how you refuse to say you're fat. 
Which you're not, which, which who, who knows? Which, it's all relative. Because, because of the energy I've associated with fat, because of the energy I've associated with ugly. Okay. Because, and, and I won't, I won't strive for beauty. I will, I, I, I am there already. I, there's nothing to work towards. So for me, what beauty is, is if it means completeness and wonderful as is, then I'm there. Mm. Like, that's what I mean. It's not, um, it's not like a repelling against, a force against, or a striving towards. It's just being where I am and and flourishing. That that that's all I mean is that, yeah, I don't want to be fighting against stuff. But why would okay okay? And I think the people that I've um followed, I'll also link another video yeah. of this Australian girl YouTuber who's like, I'm ugly. Like, how to deal with being ugly? Like, I'm yeah. ugly. People literally, I walk into rooms and people laugh, like men point and laugh at me. Um, yeah. I'm just treated, I know I'm ugly because I've been treated so, okay. but, and so what next? So I think I'm going to link that mm. video and just, <laughs> so with the person, I don't know what she looks like, but my, uh, my feeling is that, oh, I wanted to ask you, is she actually objectively pretty, but has said, no, I'm like, I'm ugly, meaning like, I'm not going to shave my whatever and I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to put on mm -hmm. makeup and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to this girl you've just talked about now where society actually goes, uh-uh. When she says, or when she implies that by most standards of beauty around the world, I'm not considered beautiful, I believe her. Okay. This is not Yes. Okay. And I think it's the issue... Fatness, ugliness isn't the issue. It's the it's the the failure we ascribe to it. I'm ugly and so I'm unworthy of love. Yeah. And so I'm a failure and so I'm not good enough. When it means none of those things. Like ugly bitches succeed all the time. Mm. And like have full lives. And I think that's the point is is removing. And that's why I can call myself fat. Mm. Um, because I've removed all of the stuff it's supposed to be. It's not. Right. It's just a descriptor, bitch. I go on the scale. I see what it is. I'm fat. I guess, like, I mean, I also think with fatness, number one, it's relative. Number two, um, I feel like, so what? So if it actually doesn't matter, then why should I embrace it? It's the same as, like, why should because I... Because why pretend that you occupy a different space than you do in society? Because everything is a lie anyway. But what, if... well, why does it seem like such an act of put, saying you're ugly? Why is that for you so much more polarizing and political than saying you're pretty? Like, why are you so dis disturbed? <laughs> but I no, but yeah, I I don't say I'm pretty. Like I'm the the way I speak is more like all encompassing. Like you know, I'm that bitch. Like and when I'm beautiful, it's not oh my face is pretty. Like you know, it's not that. But it still is though. You're constant constantly affirming us all yeah. every day throughout the day. And some people don't. Some people are like it's just not that deep. I'm ugly and it's not that deep. Like I have things to do. I'm. It's not about that. I she she enjoys her style, but she's not concerned with beauty itself. Like that's, you can, you know, but then if she enjoys her style, it's mm -hmm. beautiful to her. And that's what I'm doing. No, she does. It's beauty isn't in the vocab. So we're like, using, I think we're using different words for the same feeling. She's pleased by it or she appreciates it or it But why couldn't she just her. be ugly? Like you're still ascribing. No, I'm saying me, for me, it doesn't work. Like that's, for me, that's something I wouldn't take on. Mm. I just want to quickly show you. This is her. No, I think that, I, that's someone that... I don't think she goes into restaurants and gets pointed at. No, she doesn't. Her. The other girl does. She doesn't get pointed at, but she's honest about where, oh, look, this is the answer. For some people, buying into delusion is what comforts them. And for other people, it's buying into shared reality. I enjoy buying into the delusion of what I look. I've decided I, I'll never really know where I stand of how beautiful I am 
I'll never get that pull from all the 7 billion people, right? So let me just decide what I want to be and believe it and lean into it. That gives me comfort. For this woman, it doesn't. She's just like, I'm ugly. And that's a non-factor. Like, that's not what I'm here to talk about or do or feel or be. Like, it is just an experience. And that gives her comfort. That wouldn't, maybe not give you comfort, that gives her comfort. I, I honestly think we're doing the same thing. We are, but the, the the way, hmm, just your your visceral response, I think, just says a lot about how reclaiming these words is still an issue because of what we ascribe them with, the meaning behind them. Like, ugly is nothing beyond how your features are arranged. You're ugly, but so what? Who's that ever stopped? Truly. Well, women. Stopped a lot of women. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm not like beautiful or ugly. Like there's only the one word. It's like, so that's still polarized. No, there's no opposite to it. There you go. That's polarized. <laughs> to, be How one, is that polarized? to be on one extreme is polar, but it's not by an definition. extreme. It's like the center, it's the balance. So, what's the thing when you're not beautiful and you're not ugly? What's that thing? Okay. Okay. Is that where you like and, operate and from? Therefore, it is perfect. Yes. To wow. me, it's perfect. And that's where it is. And that's, so that's the thing also for me that that's why I'm not like, I'm going to be, I, I don't claim fat either because I'm just, I'm where I am and where I am works and it's perfect and it's good and I'm going. Are you fat? No. What are you? I mean, I'm me. I am me. That I, I don't know. So why do you want me to? Because there's reality. What, what is the scale telling you? What is the, the sc- doctors telling you? The scale what? is a lie. The doctors are brainwashed. <laughs> the world is, it's it's all a lie. Everything's a lie. You have to create your own but truth. Be, but who, but what's the, <laughs> my issue with saying the sky is blue doesn't ascribe any meaning to it. It's just what it is in its context. But how many, how many You are thin, you are fat, you are oblong, you are this. And? There are so many, there are the battles to fight. But you don't know, I think you don't want to be boxed in. That's, but that's it exactly. But none of these things, they're all fluid. This woman's ugly in New York, but she's pretty in Zambia. So? So what? So then why should I? So what? So it's all Because alive. why are you, why are you afraid of I'm not, That's the thing. That's the thing. It's not a, I think you are taking it as I'm afraid of doing this because no, it's just, it doesn't make yeah. sense. I don't need to give it energy. Yeah. I'm moving on. The minute I go, the minute I say, um, okay, now I am, I am fat. Mm. And then I have to say, okay, what does that mean? Does it mean anything? I have to maybe do the work to learn or unlearn. Then I have to, blah, blah, blah. Not, I don't need to. I don't okay. need to. So you put a lot of stock in, if you're going to pick an identity, like you are going to know it. You're going to research it. You're going to like, don't, is don't, it, don't give research. I, you know, I research I mean, it nothing. sounds like it. Like, is it that deep? Like I'm fat and I don't know any politics around. I'm just fucking fat. I just ate a lot and I'm fat. Like, I don't know anything about anything about fatness. I'm just fat. And that's where I speak from. That's fantastic for you. Actually, <laughs> but that, that, that I am like, I'm not my body. I'm not <gasps> my, that's so are you black? <laughs> I'm <laughs> no, but truly, okay. If if it's if it's no, don't say it because people as a, don't as a who I am. So as a as a what I am here. Yes. In the skin, so absolutely. Like my body is black, my identity is black, my but karmic load fat, is black. You're not pretty or my, my consciousness, black. Blah, 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 fine, sure. Mukunda, you're not going to box me so that you can go ahead. That's how it is I'm in not the book. To, I'm not trying to box you. I'm just amazed that you're... Okay, we have such a different relationship to labels. And that's just... Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm digging. And reality. And reality. Yes. So, um, and just to add a disclaimer, 
words like fatness and beauty and ugliness are really yeah, polarizing and knee-jerk reaction and inflammatory. In no way are we abusing anyone we spoke about. Yeah. So just please understand that. Um, we want to know what you think. Please let us know yeah. if it is insulting to to be quote-unquote honest about how you're perceived and call yourself X or Y or Z. And if I'm living in a cloud of fairy dust and unicorn Yeah, farts. if Nyak is in a clown suit, in a, in a unicorn fart clown I'm suit. actually in a clown in a, suit. Literally, in a haze of unicorn yeah, fart. And you know what? Like, to me, it looks like a fairy princess it dress. It smells so good and to it you. it smells great. Thank you for listening, folks. Thank you, girls and gays. We will see you on the next episode. Yeah. And when we start our Patreon, listen, your pockets better be $1 lighter. I'm dead. <laughs>